Thank you, Hank. Thank you so much for asking me to speak, even though I so love hearing. Sorry, Robin. How would yes. you like your time? A five and a one is fine. Thank you, Zen. Thank you. I I really love coming to meetings and hearing other people speak. And as I was sitting here listening to this, I I thought, oh my God, did I choose a tool? Is this the right thing that I'm going to do? And I completely panicked. And you know what? I'm I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to turn this over to higher power, and just breathe and know that whatever I say is is fine. You know, and hopefully it will help someone today. So the. The tool that I wanted to share about is uh, about becoming your own loving parent and also finding your inner child. So I'm going to read from chapter eight. You know, what Sarah read earlier was so perfect. It was really all about what I'm going to say, but I'm going to read a little bit from here. I jump around a little bit. I'm on page 295, but I've marked a few passages. So uh, the solution, becoming your own loving parent. While becoming your own loving parent is at the core of healing from a neglectful childhood, it is also the gateway to the child within. By reparenting ourselves with gentleness, humor, love, and respect, we find our child within and true connection to a higher power. This is the God who does not abandon. With the solution, we are on our own, but we are not alone as we were when we were children. Becoming our own loving parent means that many of us come to believe that our higher power is the actual parent. Becoming our own loving parent, reparenting ourselves requires that we accept the reality of, an, of the inner child. The child within is our original identity which knows how to love and trust freely. By making the effort, the child within becomes our guide to feelings, creativity, and spirituality. We were alone as children and we were forced to grow up too soon. We are not alone as we reparent ourselves in ACA. We do not fictionalize our childhood, but we take the time to see how vulnerable courageous and loving we were as children. The first step in reparenting ourselves involves recognizing the loving voice inside. And then I'm just gonna end on, we know that picking up the telephone or asking for help is not easy for us. Most adult children are compulsively self-reliant. So my name is Robin, I'm an ACA, and I, I really wanted to talk about the loving parent and the inner child because I've been really using those tools a lot in my recovery. And I, I totally love meditation. I meditate every morning. I pray every day. I say the third step prayer. I, I have a, a person I speak to every morning. I have done the steps. I can't say enough for doing the steps. When I got to step 12, I thought it was the most beautiful step 12 I've ever done. 
you know, really just connecting with higher power. But the thing that's sort of come to me more recently is, is really connecting to my inner child. And I don't do it perfectly. You know, I've done some writing and, and I've done a little bit of that, but I've been trying to focus on loving the little girl in me that was not nurtured, that was not seen, that raised herself, that didn't feel that I lived in a safe home. And I'm trying to love that little girl now and give her what she didn't really get. I mean, it's crazy because I'm pretty old, you know, and to have to do this now, I started coming, so I'll just tell you a little bit about my story. I started coming to ACA, I think it was 2015, but you know, the year is now, I'm completely confused. I don't even know what year it is right now. I think it's 2022, but anyway, it's been a while. I've been here after many years in Al-Anon and some other programs and a friend of mine suggested it, like Hank said, it was a person who just grabbed me one day and said, Robin, you have to go to ACA. It's amazing. It's the, it's the program, you know, it's the basis of everything. And I really trusted him and I started coming to ACA and I just thought, wow, this is my tribe. These are the people who know what I've been through. And I, I so identified with everybody's story. You know, my story was that I had two very narcissistic parents. There was a lot of fighting when I was growing up. They were completely self-absorbed. I had an older sister, seven years older than me, who was constantly fighting. My mother was a bully and my sister became a bully. So my mother would yell and fight with my sister, physically fight with my sister. And then my sister would physically fight with me. And I'm not saying I was perfect. I was, you know, the little bratty kid who probably egged her on. But, you know, it was as my therapist wrote years ago, he wrote something about me and, and my family. And he said that I grew up in a war zone. And, you know, obviously we're seeing a war zone right now. It wasn't a war zone in that sense, but psychologically it was. And it was a very lonely home to grow up in. And I spent a lot of time in my room alone, you know, and I wasn't an unhappy kid. I mean, I was outdoors. I would ride my bike in my room. I would read books and I was drawing and, you know, but but it was lonely. And so loneliness for me is, is like a constant. It's, it's really the thing that is always difficult and the sense of betrayal because my mother would always say how much she loved me, but then she would also create this home life that was so destructive and unhealthy. And, and she really was a bully. And then I thought my father was better, but the truth was that he didn't protect us. He didn't say, you can't treat your daughters like that. You can't, especially my sister. So, you know, I grew up in this home that felt very isolating and, and very lonely. And 
you know, I left as soon as I could. I, I moved 3,000 miles away to get away from them. And all I ever did was really stuff all the feelings. I never knew how to feel my feelings. Because when I did feel them, I would go, if I would try to talk to my parents, especially my father, he would say, I can't talk to you when you're crying, you know, just go to your room and come back later. And so, you know, I'm like six years old, seven years old, and I go to my room and then I go, well, what's the point of crying? Nobody cares. So, so it was very much a, a, a lonely place and, and constantly stuffing my feelings with whatever I could, you know, food, television, a lot of fantasy, escapism, you know, anything I could do to not feel what I was feeling. And that's pretty much how I lived my life for a long time. And then I found the rooms and I started to connect to a higher power because there was no higher power in my family. There was no prayer. There was no sense of something greater than us. You were on your own. And when I found the rooms in my 20s and I found a higher power, I thought, this is amazing. This is I'm not alone. Like I've got a higher power. And I, I went to the rooms for a few years and then I got married to someone who was very much uh, a scientist and an artist. Like he did not believe in a higher power. So he in a way became my higher power. And eventually he was a workaholic. And so like my parents, I was alone. And then I had a daughter and my daughter became the, the connection that I had. So I didn't feel alone with her, but with my husband. Five minutes. Thank you. So let me get, let me get into the, the little, the inner child. So when I, when I really started turning things over, I went through a really difficult period about 10 years ago when my marriage ended and my mother died and a lot of loss. My daughter let, moved far away and I really knew an anguish, a, a grief that I had never known before. And the only thing that got me through it was my higher power and getting on my knees every day and, and letting go and letting God and coming to the rooms and crying and feeling like I had this connection to people that I had never had before that in the lowest moment, I had a loving parent really. And that was all of you in the rooms that would sit there and listen and watch me cry and literally hold me up. So that after a year and a half, I started to feel better and my life got better and it got bigger. And, and then when I came into ACA, I realized that the thing that was holding me back was having no foundation, like no real sense of who I was and that I was good enough and that I could do what I wanted to do and that I was afraid of authority figures, all the things that we talk about in the laundry list. And what I found is that the more I connect with my little girl, for me, it's really mostly a little girl who's around seven or eight. Before I got into the period when I started judging myself, like, I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. Like before then was when I was just having fun. And so that's what I try to remember to do every day. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I was working with a career coach 
And I would meet with her once a month. And some months I would come in and I'd be like really negative. And she'd go, well, what are you doing for your little girl? And I thought, really? This is what the career coach is asking me about? Like, what am I doing for my little girl? And I was like, well, actually not that much lately. And she'd go, well, do something for your little girl. Because that's where your creativity lives. That's where your joy lives. So now I try really hard every day to think about what little Robin would like. And even if it's just a bath or a walk in Central Park with my beloved dog, or I ride my bike, or I do the things that my little girl is happy with. And then I just trust that my higher power is there for me and that this tool of connecting to a, a, a not damaged, like really loved little girl. And I am trying to love my, my little girl in the way that I wasn't loved. So honestly, I feel like it's not easy. I will tell you yesterday, because of a lot of things that were happening, besides what's happening in the world, a lot of personal things, I was a wreck. And I, I didn't know what to do for myself. And finally, I made some program calls and I started to feel better. And I'll tell you, I do this thing with a good friend of mine called a, a conversation without condemnation. And we talk on a, on a recording with our little kid telling us what is wrong, what's bothering us. And then our adult talks back and loves that little in, inner child. And I don't do it as often as I should, but it's an, a really powerful exercise of hearing that inner child. And so I really think that's all I have to say. I think it's it's an honor to One speak with all of you. And I, I just, I'm so grateful to this program. I'm so grateful to ACA because even though I know a few of you really well, I don't know many of you, but I feel like we're, we know each other. We know, we know what we've been through, even if our stories are very different. And I, I love you all because I know that we're all doing the best we can with a lot of difficult stuff from our childhood. So I'm gonna stop now, take a glass of water and thank you all for letting me speak today. Thank you.